Hello and welcome to Daily Devotions with Dana, Daily Podcast. Thank you for tuning in with me today. And today is July 29th, 2018. And I'm Sister Dana and I will be your host for the program each day. First off, I wanted to start off with a song that I love from church. And it is, There is Coming a Day. There is coming a day when no heartaches will come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day Glorious day that will be. There'll be no parting there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness or pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand, and leads me through the promised land, what a day, a glorious day that will be. Praise the Lord. What a glorious day that will be. In my daily devotions, I learned from not planning them that I need to plan them. And so what I do is if I don't plan my devotions, I will get easily distracted. So I go for Proverbs with the date that matches the day. So there's 31 Proverbs 
and there is 31 days in most months some months have less but you will if you continuously read through the book of Proverbs which is the book of wisdom you will gain the wisdom of God which will help you grow closer to God help you in your decisions and your life and it will just give you more immersion in scripture um Today is the 29th. I know I'm recording this late in the day, but I hope that people can listen still with the hours that are left in the day. And I'll do another one, Lord willing, tomorrow for the 30th. But the Proverbs reading for today is Rejoicing in Righteous Rule, which is the title over my um, study Bible. And verse 1 chapter 29 of the book of Proverbs is states he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when the wicked beareth rule the people mourn whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth in his father but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. The king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. A man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. In the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. Verse 7, the righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards if a ruler hearken to lies all his servants are wicked the poor and the deceitful man meet together the lord lighteneth both their eyes verse 14 the king that faithfully judgeth the poor his throne shall be established forever verse 15 the rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame when the wicked are multiplied transgression increaseth but the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, there is more hope of a fool than of him. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. Verse 22. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Whosoever is partnered with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing, and bewrayeth it not. Verse 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Verse 27, an unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked.
And in my study Bible, it's talking about the verses that were just read. So going back to verse 1. At the end of God's patient call to obedience comes sudden judgment against the obstinate. obstinate. And that is referenced in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 13 and 14. And also 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 18. And we can turn there. Let's see. Second Kings chapter 17, verse 13 and 14. And I forgot, excuse me, I forgot to pray into the um, devotion. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, seen and unseen protection. I thank you, Lord, for the Bible. I thank you for the hope that we have in you. I thank you that while we were um, without you, you decided to send your son to die on the cross for us. I pray that all those who tune in and listen will have already surrendered their lives to the Lord. And if those who are seeking and in question about this, I ask you, Lord, to have them reach out and make it known that they are in desire of their soul being saved and you being their Lord. And may we be the instrument to help them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to turn back to Second Kings chapter 17. 17, verse 13, 13, okay, and it states here, yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers saying, turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants the prophets notwithstanding they would not hear but hardened their necks like to the neck of their fathers that did not believe in the Lord their God also verse 18 in that same chapter reads therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight there was none left but the tribe of Judah only Okay, and then it also states here, there was another time when at the end of God's patient call to obedience comes sudden judgment. That's in Second Chronicles chapter 36, 16, and that's in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles 36, 36, and it's right before... The book of Ezra, 36. Okay. Oh, one second here. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. And then in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9. Nehemiah is back a little further. That is, let's see here. I'm getting to that one. 
that is after Ezra. Nehemiah, we're looking for chapter 9, verses 29 and 30. 9, 29, and testifiest against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law, yet they dealt proudly, and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them, and withdrew the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testifiedest against them by thy spirit in thy prophets, yet would they not give ear, therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the land. And another reference is Jeremiah chapter 7, and um, that is starting in verse 2, and you'll read in your Bible that entire ending. Let's see, it is 2, 2, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 2, let's see, verse 2. Through 29. And it reads here. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say. Hear the word of the Lord all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to d dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom ye know not? And come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now unto my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spoke unto you, rising up early and speaking but ye heard not and I called you but you answered not therefore will I do unto this house which is called by my name wherein ye trust and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers as I have done to Shiloh 15 and I will cast you out of my sight as I have cast out all of your brethren even the whole seed of Ephraim therefore pray not thou for this people neither lift up cry nor prayer for them neither make intercession for them to me for I will not hear thee verse 17 and this is Jeremiah chapter 7 seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem 
The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they not provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, mine anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man and upon beast and upon the trees of the field and upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Verse 21. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my fury shall, fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man and upon beast and upon the trees of the field and upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and eat flesh. For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Verse 26. Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Verse 29. Cut off thine hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away, and take up a lamentation in high places. For the Lord hath rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. And then back to the Proverbs that we are reading today. On righteous and leadership on, in chapter 29 of Proverbs, verse 2. It's talking about the righteous in authority and the people rejoice. But when the wicked heareth rule, the people mourn. It talks about people groaning and sighing when they are oppressed. And you can look that up in Exodus chapter 2 verse 23. Or when they're devastated by leadership. That's in Lamentations chapter 1 verses 4 verses 8 verses 11 and verse 21. All in that same chapter. In Proverbs 29 verse 3. It talks about whoso loveth wisdom rejoices his father, but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. This could refer to the father or the son's substance, since the father is responsible for a son's debts and a son hopes for an inheritance. The outcome is basically the same. In verse 4 of 20, um, chapter 29 in Proverbs, it talks about the king. By judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. On a righteous king, the Hebrew in the second line could refer to one who receiveth or who gives bribes, either of which subverts justice. On, in the next verse, chapter 5, in Proverbs 29, a man that flattereth. On flattereth, it is saying that his feet could be the neighbor's or the speaker's own feet. And that means you can get a net if you flatter your neighbor and tell lies. You will be caught up in a net. 
in verse 6, it talks about in Proverbs, in the transgression of an evil man, there is a snare. There it is talking about sin contains the seeds of self-destruction, but the righteous person rejoices in security that you find in Jesus Christ. In verse 7, the righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. And that is um, basically righteous people seem to want to care for the poor, but the wicked who have much and have many goods in this life don't really care to help. In verse 10, it talks about the bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. Do blood, um, bloodthirsty men seek to kill the just? The phrase seek his soul means they try to kill. Do the just seek to take care of the upright? That fits best with the rest of Proverbs. And seek can mean to demand justice for or require. Such as in 2 Samuel chapter 4 verse 11. So it is really good to have. A study Bible to really get into the Proverbs and study each thing, each verse as you can get it broken down to give you more depth in your wisdom of, and study and to see how scripture matches scripture. There's different places where the verses connect with each other and say a lot of the same thing. A lot of times God repeats himself in his words so we get it so that we can understand what he wants us to know. And he is a God that wants to be known by, by his people. Um, and in verse 12, for example, in Proverbs 29, verse 12, it talks about a ruler who likes to hear lies. And they will wind up accumulating wicked attendance. So basically those people will have wicked people all around them. People who you are constantly around are um, the ones that are similar to you. And so that's why we have to be careful who our friends are as Christian people. Because like company determines like behavior. And um, my pastor, Aaron Brummett, stated this message. And I can't remember who said it. But it was talking about a woman who was a Christian. And she wanted to marry somebody that was not a Christian. And so she stood up on the table. And um, she said, oh, I'll make sure he gets saved. He finds God. And I'll just pull him up to me. But then the man was still sitting at the uh, seat. So he, um, she tried to pull him up, but she couldn't. So then he pulled her and she came down. So that's what happens in the Christian life. When we are not equally yoked with somebody, we get pulled down to be like them. And so, in other words, we have to be of like mind with the people that we walk with. Because how can two walk together except they agree? Um, so that is Proverbs 29 and some of my study notes out of my Bible. And tomorrow I will do 30, Proverbs 30, and break that down as well for some of the verses. And hope that helps. And then the little study is about God, the devotional part. And... Today's part is about the existence of God. Um, even when I was not a saved person, 
uh, I just wanted to know where everything came from when I was little. I would see birds and I would see the trees and I would ask my mom, who made that and who put this here and why is this over here? And she would tell me, well, God made it. And I wasn't raised in a Christian household, but my mom did recognize God and Jesus and things. And on Sunday mornings, we would sit and have breakfast. The church was like right next door. It was a Baptist church called Second Baptist Church. And the pastor's name was Sylvanus Brown. And I was very close with him until he went with the Lord. And he was one of the most wonderful people I have ever known. And when I would go into his study, I would walk over to his house. He used to live in a parsonage next door. And the church would pay for his um, rent and everything. Um and with the tithes and the offerings and all. And so when I would walk in there, I just knew it was different in that room. I just knew that God was in there. And I remember um, I had a lot of issues with my feet when I was a child. And I had to get these corrective shoes to try to correct how I walk. And I was a premature baby. I was one pound, 10 ounces. And I'm a twin. My twin died shortly after birth. And so I had a few health issues regarding that. Um, which is why I'm partially blind. And so um, basically I went to him and I was complaining, which you're not supposed to do. And I wasn't a saved little girl. So I didn't know I wasn't supposed to complain because don't we love to complain? And I said to him, I don't like my feet because they're flat and they hurt sometimes when I wear these shoes that my mom wants me to wear. And I was about eight when I said this. And um, he came to the door and he said to me, he said, don't ever complain about your feet. And and I asked Reverend Brown why. And he said, because there's somebody that do, do not have feet. He says someone was that God loves just as much as he loves you does not have any feet or they're in a wheelchair and they can't use their feet. So you always praise the Lord for your feet. And I really didn't understand it as much then as I do now, but I never forgot what he said. Then another time I went over and he told me that he was sick and that he was going to go be with Jesus. So I was crying and I knew I would miss him. And he said, don't cry for me. He said, because don't be sad. I'll be with the one who loves me the most. He said, I know you love me, but he loves me the best and he loves me the most. And I never, ever forgot that man. And how godly he was and his wife as well. And how he just knew God. And I knew when I was younger I wanted to know God like that. But I just let the world and all kinds of foolish childish decisions. And also not being raised in a Christian household influenced the uh, the factors that led up to my life being so sinful as a child. But I knew that there was God. Because when I would go to um, daycare. When my mom went back to work, they would teach us this little prayer um, about um, the birds and the bees. Thank God for my food. And we would just pray this little prayer. And then also I would go over to my grandmother's house, my father's mother, and she would always talk about Jesus and take us to church. And she made us do chores, which I didn't like when I was little. Um, I used to not understand that. And she said, that it's good for children to do work and to do chores. And I thought that was absolutely horrible. And um, But she um, was very much a strong woman of God. She could grow anything in a pot. Anything She could take a stick and stick it in there and some kind of flower would come off of it. She was really, really good at that. And she used to sit in the room and sew 
quilts and she had this cookie hutch where she had all these secret cookies in there and she would have me come in there and get cookies and I thought I was the only grandchild that got the cookies but I wasn't she gave them to other people but she made me feel special and she's one of the people that told me about Jesus too although I didn't follow Jesus in my life till way later um but um she um one time I went in her room and I asked her to help me do something and I told her I couldn't do it and it was basically she always wore red colored nail polish so I couldn't I'm right-handed so I could paint my nails on my left hand but not my right hand so my left hand I was I couldn't do it so I said grandma help me to paint my nails she said okay go ahead and um, I said no I can't do it and she said you'll never learn unless you do it yourself just like you'll never you know and basically that that reminds me of you'll never find Jesus unless you seek him for yourself with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul with all your strength you have to seek him and um i just don't understand how people can see things that is created and think there is no god i don't understand that i just cannot understand you know how it's so much easier to think that everything came from some big bang and then we just all got everything working in perfect order. I just cannot fathom that. But today's um, additional devotional portion will be about the existence of God. And I'll share that with you. And then tomorrow's will be about God um, as well. And I'll share that topic tomorrow. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the very first verse of the Bible, God makes known to us that he is the creator of all things. He makes it plain that we didn't come about by accident or so-called evolution. According to evolutionists, the stars created themselves. That's crazy. And all living things, including you and me, got here by chance. A careful study of the facts of science will convince a reasonable person that the universe could not have created itself and that all living beings, including humans, could not have happened by chance or accident. They had to be created by God. True science is knowledge based on facts. There are no facts that prove evolution. There is only one answer to this great universe, to our earth, to man, and where he came from, and that is God. The Bible begins with the words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Of course, it is impossible to demonstrate God's existence by means of our physical senses because God is not a physical being. But admitting our own existence and the existence of the universe, we must logically go one step further and admit the existence of God. It is absurd to think that the universe could evolve into being or create itself. Likewise, it is irrational to think that the first man created himself or accidentally evolved into a human being. The existence of the universe must have a cause, and the cause must be great enough to create the universe. Evolutionists believe that somehow or another, by chance, over a period of billions of years, the universe evolved. Evolution is a denial of God's existence. The theory of evolution gives us no cause for this gigantic and complex universe. The law of cause and effect requires that all things must have a cause. The law of cause and effect demonstrates the existence of God. Everything in the universe manifests organization and design from the smallest atom to the greatest star. Organized design implies purpose and purpose proves the existence of God. The universe and everything in it was designed and created for a purpose. Think of the wonderful design of the human body and each of its parts. Everything in the universe, yes, even our own existence, proves the existence of God. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. The fact that God graciously provides for man's needs is manifested by the seasons, the rain, and the sunshine. God's goodness is not extended only to human beings, but even to the birds, fish, animals, and creeping things. All living creatures are recipients of the infinite benevolence of God. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, and Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 through 30. And God is a spirit. The Bible teaches that God is a spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verse 24. And that's John, the book of John, not the first John and second and third. That's um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And um, when I just said that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John part, it reminded me of a song that my pastor's wife in Lighthouse Baptist Church in Gloucester City, New Jersey, um, taught us. And it's how to memorize the verses. I'm sorry, the books of the Bible, the New Testament. I'm still working on the old because that's a little harder. But the New Testament is Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And now that I said it, I forgot it. One second. <laughs> Hold on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. 1st Timothy, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st Peter, 2nd Peter, 3 John, Judah, Revelation. <laughs> thank you for listening and thank you for putting up with my first episode of devotions by Dana and um, I didn't know what else to call this but I really enjoy encouraging the brethren and I believe that iron sharpens iron and um, I just really love sharing the word of God with you all um, that listen Um, and one last portion If you're going to have a pure heart, you need to keep your heart cleansed by carefully watching what you think about. Every thought needs to meet the qualifications of Philippians 4.8. That's the one where it talks about whatsoever is true, honorable, right. Um, that one. Look that up in your Bible and highlight that for whenever you um, have problems keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. The things that you allow to possess your imagination can get you into serious trouble. When you entertain wrong thoughts, they can eventually become footholds or strongholds for Satan. If you're going to have a pure heart and see God, according to James 4, 8, you need to purify your heart and not be double-minded. How do you perform 
purify your heart. You set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. And for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, deaths, and fault witnesses, and slanders. And those are the things that defile the man. That's Matthew chapter 15, verses 19 to 20. And that's not the King James Version. That was just my uh, telling of that verse. Sort of a paraphrase. And on what is your mindset, my friend, the things of this earth and the flesh or the things of the spirit from above? And let us pray. Lord, strengthen us to destroy and discard any thoughts that are not according to the spirit. Help us to consistently set our minds on the things above, the things that have eternal value and purpose. And Lord, may we seek you each day in the book of Proverbs and through these devotions and and also our private devotions to get to know you, the love of our soul, even more and more. We bless and praise you in your precious and matchless name. Amen.